All right, well, thanks for coming. I see some of you trying to scan the QR code, and I wasn't sure how far back you'd be able to do that. So if the little QR thing's not working, you can just type in uh, bit.ly up on that uh, top right. It'll be on the first several slides as we get going. Um, if that fills you, cateachers.org or something along those lines, and then go to the convention and uh, session handouts, and I think we're number 42 or so. Um, so hopefully one of those methods um, will get you there. But the hope for us today is to um, go through a whole bunch of different um, tools and uh, what I'm calling tricks or tips as well um, as we kind of uh, figure out good ways to uh, maybe be able to streamline our teaching to be more efficient, more organized, um, enhance some of our student learning. Um, so lots of, lots of goals that hopefully we can, um, that we can get on together. So again, on the top right, the top right there is the bit.ly for the next little bit. Um, so, I was trying to come up with a name a long, long time ago, and um, I was just kind of thinking the, the fall, and for some reason cornucopia popped in, I made that cheesy little thing on the bottom, and then I really liked how the slide looked better without it, but then I already had called it cornucopia, and then it was, that was like the hardest part of this presentation, so I left it. Um, Anyways, uh, hopefully we'll learn some stuff today. So we've got lots of good uh, tools and tricks that we're going to go through, and I'll try to, um, on the slides, it kind of has a, a general idea of what's going on. Oftentimes, we'll kind of toggle back into the, the real internet there and pull some of these things up and hope that the internet can kind of support seeing some of these things, especially with all of us on it. Um, it's always, always the big question mark. Um, but lots of good things to go through. Um, underneath in kind of the notes part of the slides, there's links to everything as well. Um, so if you're looking later on to get to one of these tools, there's usually a little extra notes, some links, um, some Chrome store information, and things like that as well. So um, check that out as we go along. Um, my hope was just to um, introduce another tool here with Padlet. Did anyone get over to this Padlet already? That big, big no? No? Yes? Yes? Okay. Um, Padlet is, uh, is a, an interesting tool to kind of share and do some communication with. So I'm going to pop over a second and see, and it's okay if you didn't make it there, we'll see if anything popped up, and that uh, can be a little work in progress too that hopefully we'll get some, um, some more tools coming in. So a few of you have um, popped on there to share. Um, a nice little tool just to open it up for some communication, some collaboration. Um, again, like all these tools, I should say, there are free versions, and on a lot of them, there's also paid versions. Um, I don't pay for any of these versions myself, but I feel like for the most part, for um, the free versions, you can kind of work around some of those, um, those checks and balances. Sometimes you've got to put up with a little bit of advertising, and sometimes you have to put up with a reduced amount of the tool. Um, Padlet limits you on how many Padlets you can make, but you can always delete one and make a new one. Um, and so there's some workarounds there. So we'll just kind of let that one run in the background. If we have a little bit of time later on, we'll pop back into this Padlet and maybe spend a little bit more time with it or, or see if anything new popped up there. Um, but hopefully I see some, some good ideas coming in there. So we'll try to kind of cycle back around into that Padlet. So as we get into the heart of things, I always like to remind people that as we kind of think about technology, we should always have a purpose for it. And sometimes in my role as kind of the, um, as a technology coach or instructional coach um, and a person who likes to use technology and kind of find new things and whatnot, uh, it's always good for me to kind of step back sometimes and think about 
what, what is the reason for it, right? What is this technology providing myself? What's this technology providing my students that they might not have um, been able to get somewhere else, right? There's got to be a purpose for it. And so the goal of this isn't really to go through these different frameworks, frameworks, and maybe you've heard of them, maybe you haven't, um, but more just to kind of have that in the background as you use some of these tools to kind of think about, uh, for example, the uh, Triple E, um, or the Ritz Gold, um, out of the University of Michigan. Um, just some really good common sense ideas. Again, there's some links in the, in the notes part underneath these slides, but um, kind of asking ourselves, how does this tool, how's it going to engage a little bit more, right? How's it going to enhance that experience? How's it going to extend things outside of the classroom, allow the students to, to do things that they couldn't before? I was in a session earlier today, and I was talking about this authentication, right? And students having a pretty good meter of, are things authentic? In other words, is there like a relevance to them or not? And uh, quickly they'll tune out those ones that they consider are um, artificial, I think was the term that she used. And so I thought about this extend part, right? How can we use the technology to, to make things more um, authentic as we move in? Um, just another framework. Uh, several years ago, I went through MSU in their EdTech master's program. Uh, very good program, they, they focused on the TPAC. Um, and it was kind of this blend of saying, you guys are these content knowledge experts, right, in your profession. And somewhere along the way, right, you learned some of your pedagogy. You, um, some of it maybe you learned more officially. Some of it you figured out as you got thrown into the classroom. And then finally, you have this technology as well, right? This, this technology knowledge, which hopefully today's session gives you some of them and kind of trying to find this, this perfect point where we blend all those things together. And kind of the reminder that technology by itself isn't going to do you very good, but if you can combine that with the love of your content, and if you can combine that with good pedagogy, that's where that sweet spot's going to be. And then finally, the SAMR uh, One reason I like this is it, it kind of reminds me to work, when I work with some of the teachers who are like, well, I can't do that, I can't do what that person is doing. This one, I feel, is a nice one to say, well, let's look at where you are, and can we move up one spot kind of on this model, right? Can we take something that, that you're doing and enhance it a little bit by substituting a piece of technology for something that doesn't have technology to get us just a little bit more? And as you kind of work up all the way to redefinition, you start to get into bigger things, but it's kind of that mentality that all of us can make those little baby steps, right? We can keep kind of progressing and learning. So I think all those frameworks have a good um, idea behind them, um, and they all have some good practicality as well. And so as we think about these tech tools, we just kind of want to fall back on making sure that there's a purpose for using those tech tools as well. That being said, I will teach you a couple tech tools that I wasn't 100% sure I had much value in them, but I thought they were kind of neat, so I'll try to point those out in a minute. All right, so the first couple tools we have is all about student feedback. And so our first tech tool is TextBlaze. So this one is a Chrome, um, Chrome extension. Um, so it's just something that you, you have to be using Chrome for this. And um, I don't recall if, if TextBlaze, to be honest, is, is um, in some of those other browsers as well. Um, how many of you have used TextBlaze before? Here's a moment over here. Okay. Um, you can see I tried to make a little animation there. Um, I set one up to, if I type the word backslash fair, um, I was dealing with a lab report. Um, over and over again, I found myself saying, hey, look, in this reasoning, you're supposed to write about a fair test. And what does a fair test mean? And by the way, my, the little pop-up here, I was not that snarky with my students. Um, it was just being dramatic here. And so all I would have to do in a text box somewhere is type backslash fair, and this statement that I already wrote 
and you can do size fonts and colors and all these other things automatically pops up into the box. And so you think about the practicality of that. So maybe it's right in my lab report that I keep seeing these same things over and over again or every single person forgot to do this with um, a certain graph. Or maybe you're sending emails. Uh, the nice thing about this one is it really does work in any sort of text environment. So it could go right into an email. Um, if you are a Google user and you're using Google Docs or Google Classroom or Google Assignments and you do a little comment box, you can do it in there. The formatting uh, in the Google Doc, it won't be nice and colorful um, and fonts, but the, the words and whatnot will be there. Uh, my school has also moved into Canvas. Here, we can show it live. So hashtag fit. Uh, you have to spell things right. It's not that, that smart. And you have to type it at a certain speed. If you type it too slow, then it won't actually do it. Um, so you can see over here, I just set up an AP Biology one called it Fair Test. It's as simple as just clicking uh, the plus sign and say, uh, let's add this one to AP Bio. And then at that point, you can call it what you want. See how the internet's working here. Right, we could call it uh, graph. And maybe hashtag graph would make more sense than do. And then in this box, we can format it however we want. Right, type whatever those comments are. And so, Oftentimes, we kind of waste time rewriting the same things over and over again. Um, I know sometimes our, our teachers have been frustrated because, well, maybe I do some assignments in Google or through Google Assignments. And other times, I do things through Canvas itself, and that's a whole different with SpeedGrader and, and things like that. And so if I set up all my comments, which you can do that in the Google world, right? You can have the, the comment bank, and um, you can do it in other programs as well. But this one just takes any of those text boxes, any of those environments, and allows you to kind of use them all in one. Now, there are limitations to it. It'll allow you 20 different snippets um, for free. Um, and by the way, it does a whole lot more than, than this as well, um, but in the free version. Um, so 20 snippets. So you kind of think about if you have more than those 20 things that you want to say over and over again, well, then you have a lot to say. Um, but you can also um, kind of delete, right? You say, okay, I'm kind of done with this one, or that one was only for this particular activity. I'll delete it. I can re-add it next year one time and roll with it. But 20 seems to be actually a fairly generous amount because you're kind of just focusing on these, these couple major things, right, that students keep missing over and over again. So just to, um, I'll show you what I mean in, uh, in terms of using this in a Google assignment. So if I were to, and I know one of these times I'm going to screw this up and actually leave a kid an assignment when I keep playing around with their stuff, but um, hopefully I get a text box that pops up here and say, my internet's running just a tad slow. We'll do it in, uh, in this one over here instead. So if I just do my backslash fair, it pops right up in there. Um, so nice little time saver as well. So that one is called Text Blaze. Again, 20 different snippets that you can have. Um, another part of one of those presentations I heard this morning was all about feedback. Or a, lot of, a lot of it was about feedback, right, and providing good and authentic feedback, and, and it takes a lot of time, right? And so, obviously, sometimes you're going to have to personalize things, um, but if we can save our time doing that, um, hopefully that's valuable. Um, another feedback tool is ScreenPale, and so ScreenPale um, basically it allows you to leave video feedback. Some of you might be familiar with um, something called Moat, M-O-T-E. Mode is a verbal um, feedback where you can kind of, it's just like a voice recorder, you can leave the feedback. Um, that one, as I was playing around with it, a thing I didn't love about that was 
there seemed to be some pretty good limitations in terms of what's free now with Moat. And I felt like ScreenPal, which basically adds the, the audio plus the video, plus the screen recording in the background, um, all to leave a video, um, might be even better. And so for this one, most text boxes, and I'll kind of explain that, um, allows you to, to click this little icon. Again, this is a Chrome extension. Um, click, the, click the icon, and as you can kind of see in that middle part, um, your screen recorder pops up. And it gives you the, the ability to say, do you want to record your face? Do you want to record your screen? Do you want to record both of them? And now, let's say you have a student paper up, you could kind of scroll through that as it's capturing your screen and discuss specific parts. Like, hey, I really like what you did here. I like how you used this. I like how you backed up your claim with evidence. And rather than typing all that stuff up, um, it's going to leave, I don't know if you can see this, we'll try to do it live in a second, but it's going to leave the, the kids in the text box, it's going to leave that link. And if you hover over the link, which I did right there, it actually pops the video and the video will start playing. So they don't even have to like click on it to be taken to another website. Um, now it doesn't work everywhere. For example, back into our Google world, if you do like the comment box individually, you can't record within the comment box. Um, if you have like a, um, a feedback box, like this is through Google Assignments or Google Classroom would have the same thing. Or it was similar in Canvas where, again, I couldn't just do a comment box like on the document, but there was like the, the overall comment that I could do it on. Um, but just a nice way to, again, think about are you able to kind of express yourself the way you want to as you, um, as you kind of analyze their, their papers or grade things or give some feedback. So if we just go back to uh, this one, again, I'll just click in this box. And there it is. So I just kind of hovered in the bottom of that corner and I click on it. When I was doing this at home, things come up a little bit quicker. But you can see you've got the choice of the screen, the camera, or both. Um, and then at that point, you just kind of click Start Recording. See, here's where I'm going to really screw up and leave Danny the weirdest message ever. And I guess I didn't log in today, so I'm, I'm not going to bore you with those details. But um, just a really nice way to get that point across, right? Not to mention it allows the students to kind of see your face. It allows you to point to specific things in their um, document as well. Um, so, talking about authentic feedback, right? Something that's really going to allow them to, to understand what you're communicating and um, then hopefully being able to go and apply whatever you're saying. Yeah. You know how, like, when you leave comments in Google Docs, they can hit resolve and you're like, oh, I spent so much time. Can they resolve that? So, you can't put this into those top bo those boxes. So, so, that it, it's so this one should, yes, this one should, should stay. And again, it's not just with Google Docs, too. You can do this in an email. Um, you can pretty much, that most other boxes besides like the, the Google comment boxes, um, now that I kind of downloaded it, I just, I kind of noticed that icon kind of hovering in, in a lot of the different places that I can type. Um, so lots of different ways that you could use screen pale. I have a quick question. Yeah. Um, not that I want to do this a lot, but is there a way to just do audio? like remote? So I don't think with screen pale, except, well, I guess from the standpoint that, um, if you wanted just the uh, if you didn't want your face on there, it's going to just capture your screen. But I don't think it's a bad connection at home. Then there's not a video or something. Right. Um, I don't believe so. I okay. think it's going to plug the video one way or the other, whether it's you or just your screen or both. So yeah. But check out Moat. Um, like I said, I played around yeah. with it a little bit, but it was when I started looking at the free. Sometimes I see your glitches. Okay. I mean, I agree. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Ye
And most likely, if, if moat starts charging too much for there, someone else is going to come out with, yeah. with moat number two, right? And there's going to be conflict there as well. So. All right, so switching gears just a little bit. Um, I fit these next ones kind of under this, um, this idea of trying to organize your life, trying to streamline things. Uh, maybe you're one of the, the few people out there that has just too much time on your hands and you, you like things to take long ways, but um, hopefully a few of these will, will make some sense. Um, so I stumbled across Symbaloo, and Symbaloo is a way to organize those, um, those tabs, those websites, those places that you go all the time. Um, I'll show you an example of one that I started, which doesn't look nearly as pretty as, as this one up here. But all of those tiles um, will are personalized, right? You can add them, and you can save this as your um, your kind of default tab. So, like when you click open a new tab, let's say in Chrome, this could be your background, and then you just click on one of the tiles, and it takes you right to that website. You can t you can make what's called web mixes. We'll see that when I go live here in a second. So. For example, you could create one that's called school. And so when you're at school, you have that one open, and it's got links to your grade books and your learning management systems and all those other things that you, that you need. Right? It's kind of like bookmarks to that extent, uh, but a little bit more of a visual way for bookmarks. You can also share these. So perhaps you are always trying to find that way to share things with your students um, a little bit easier. Um, or maybe you have like five places you're going to take them today. And maybe you don't have a learning management system that's very organized or very good or at all. And so you're always kind of like, okay, how do I get them there? Or here's this one link and here's this one link. Um, you know, you could create a small symbol and share it with your students that way. Um, and so just a nice way to kind of organize things. So as I started off, and this is just going to be kind of a work in progress for me. Uh, mine's not very pretty. I created a web mix, and I just called it GRCS for my school here. You can see it's highlighted up here. Um, I, these other ones were already there as kind of defaults, home, education, back to school. Um, it's kind of slowly loading mine. So you can see I only got five things in there so, so far. Um, Symbaloo is free if you don't pay for it. Um, but then you, get some, <laughs> then you get some advertisements on the right. Um, I checked this out like an hour ago just to kind of run through things one last time and a women's underwear ad came up there and that was a little awkward so I'm very glad that it's just a uh, hundred things to do in Ohio this fall where I'm not going to be. Um, so that's something to kind of keep in mind. I guess you'd have to see on, on what it claimed. I went and looked at their settings and it claims I have it on so that it should be personalized. Um, <laughs> Here's our grade book, and here's my, my Gmail, um, Google Drive, here's Canvas for our, um, for our learning management system. Basically, I just typed in the URL, or just copied and pasted it in, and it kind of like found an icon. I believe you can swap those out if you like ones that fit a little bit better. You can easily click and drag and kind of organize them however you want to organize them. If it lets you let go of it, I didn't mean to click it. Um, you can change the background as well. So I kind of had this, I don't know, I thought I had trees a minute ago, but not in a canoe. It's pretty, though. Um, and so it's very customizable. And again, whether it's just kind of organizing your life, um, I like it better for the most part than having a whole bunch of bookmarks up at the top 
or um, sometimes, especially kind of in my tech role, I get into this. I, I won't show you the, the five other desktops I have open and all this kind of stuff, and you know, 70 tabs and things like that. So I'm always afraid I'm going to lose something, right? And I have it open, and at some point in my life, I'm going to get back to it, and I never do, and then I just keep adding. But I could just kind of put the links in there or use that. I could have a web mix called EdTech or Tech, right? And just kind of keep piling those things in there. Um, I eventually just delete them. Um, so kind of a nice organizational thing. Um, right now I don't have it set as my default when I kind of just click a new tab. Um, I was trying Toby, which was another kind of organizing tool on there. But um, I kind of discovered that I like this, this Symbaloo idea just a little bit better. Especially if I can combine it with directing my students to the things that I need. If you direct your students there and school has ad block, will the kids still see those ads? That's a good question. Mm -hmm. I feel like I feel like Symbaloo asked me to remove my ad block, um, and I can't remember. I did it because I wasn't really thinking that hard about it, which is a really good question, and so I removed it. So I'm not quite sure how that would work. Yes, I haven't gotten around to really testing a bunch of my students, but it's always good to know those things ahead of time. Um, a couple Chrome tricks. Um, we use primarily Google Chrome um, over Safari, and I know there's other browsers, and um, you know all browsers kind of have their own tricks, but here are a couple that I, I stumbled across on recently. Um, copy to highlight, uh, create a QR code, and also um, something called a reading list. And so we'll look at this copy to highlight first. So let's say that my students are learning all about um, natural selection, and they see this nice poster of some beetles, but I really just want them to read something that's way, way, way down here. So we'll say maybe they want to learn about Jean-Baptiste Lamarck. And so I'm going to just highlight what is Lamarckian there. Uh, I'm going to do a right click or a two finger click and click copy link to highlight. And now if I email that link, if I post that link in Canvas and they go and they click on it, rather than being directed to the top of that article, it will automatically take them to, <laughs> to a fake site that can't be found. Uh, I'll try that one more time. Well, maybe it just doesn't like Lamarck, so maybe we can check out are we still evolving? A more controversial question. All right, so right click. I swear it worked at home. There's a couple things that haven't worked on this, this internet. We'll get to another one in a minute. So I don't know if there's something um, with, the, with the internet here. Um, but what should happen when you do that, what's always happened every other time, is um, basically when it first loads, it's right up at the top, and then all of a sudden it scrolls back down. And the part that you highlighted is highlighted for the students. And they can um, very quickly then be directed to it. So if you wanted, if you wanted to be a little bit more clear on exactly what you read, you know, maybe not just highlighting the title there, but highlighting the entire section. And, um, but just a really nice way to direct them, especially when we kind of think about how it's, it's hard enough just to get them onto that website, right, let alone to get them to the right spot. So um, that one's just called copy link to highlight. Um, another one was the QR codes. When you came in, you saw that QR code on the top, of, um, on the top right there. Um, so let's say you want to... Um, get word out. So I, I had an epic fail a couple weeks ago. I used a QR code. So I was running this half marathon on Sunday to try to raise money for World Vision. So I had this great idea. I was going to the largest cross-country meet in the Midwest at the Forge Invite a couple weeks ago. So I was like, I'm going to wear my, my World Vision t-shirt, and I'm going to put a QR code on me, and like everyone's going to ask me about it, and I'm going to raise a whole lot of funds. So I did this. I went to my website, 
I did the right click and clicked uh, create QR code for this page. So I printed it out and taped one on the front, one on the back, and I had one person talk to me. And it was the, the wife of the guy I coached with. So, but the point was, it's kind of a, it was at least a cool QR code. Uh, it does have a dinosaur in the middle. Uh, you cannot change that dinosaur, but you can either copy it here, um, you can download it, uh, print it, any of those kind of things. So again, thinking about another way to get your students somewhere fast, right? Maybe they come in and, you know, again, kind of device specific, maybe not as helpful for one-to-one -one computers, but iPads or if you use cell phones or whatnot, um, just kind of directing students with that, maybe having that on your door or, um, you know, you do a project and you want to get the word out, you start posting QR codes um, around school to see if students scan them and Seems like usually the best ways don't say anything about the QR code, just put it on the wall, and their curiosity, they have to scan it, which is a whole different conversation. Um, but then they can be taken over and kind of see what's, uh, what's going on over there. And then one other little trick, we'll go back to some natural selection, is something called reading lists. Does anyone use reading lists? I'm not sure I... Was that just a right-click that So that was, yeah, right-click or on a map, two-finger click, and so... Again, I think if I do it right here, you got to be a little careful where you click sometimes because if you click on a picture, then it wants to QR code the picture. So I usually click underneath it and then create a QR code for this page. Yeah. Way over here on the top right, right next to my world's smallest picture, if you click this thing, you get a reading list and you get bookmarks. Now, they're kind of the same idea. Um, I mean, bookmarks are helpful. I think most of us are pretty familiar with bookmarks. Um, you know, more like pages where you kind of permanently want them there because you know you're going to pop back and forth and things like that. Um, but reading list is another way that now I'm kind of rethinking about like my million tabs that are up and especially those articles and this and that. And all that was a really cool thing I just read about, but I need to get back to it a little bit later. Rather than bookmarking that page or maybe rather than dealing with the symbol and creating something there, is just marking it as um, a reading page. So maybe I come across this, what is natural selection? And I'm just going to say, add the current tab. And so now it goes under my unread articles. When I do read it, I can either click the check mark, and it goes underneath pages you've read. Or if I don't want it there, I just click the X and kind of clean it up and say I'm done with that. Um, so again, as you kind of go through and, and think about those things you need to save, um, maybe that's a more efficient way to go and do it. Or maybe that's something to talk to our students about, right, as they're kind of researching and if they're doing some, some internet-based. Again, there's maybe more official programs that can help to kind of organize some of that, that kind of stuff. But, um, again, just a really simple trick to just kind of throw that over onto to those reading pages and um, kind of come back to them at will when it's, uh, when it's more relevant to you. Now, in actuality, I bet the same thing's going to happen with this giant reading list that I'm never going to get back to. But, um, again, I can't fix everything. So, um, Chrome has lots of nice little tricks built in there. Uh, again, those are all linked right in there. One other kind of semi-related one, and uh, this one deals with Google Docs. So if you're a Google Doc person, um, called Edit Notifications. This is something that has been available in some Google Docs in the past, but not like Google Docs Docs, like the, the word processing Google Docs. And so, now for this one, we can add, you can click into a student's Google Doc and basically click Tools and Notifications and add this one right here. Uh, add or remove content and you'll be notified. And then you get an email saying so-and-so has went, gone on, they've made X number of changes, it shows you like in 
a different color font, each of those changes that were made since you last saw it. Um, again, it's not something that I would do for all my students, but there's always that, that one or two or three or four students that, right, they're a little bit behind and you, you're like, hey, you kind of keep checking back, like, hey, did they catch up now? And they're like, man, I'm wasting so much time, like, I just keep looking back to see if they did it. Of course, they didn't do it because they did anyway. So I, I played around with this one a little bit this past week, and um, it worked out really nice. It was nice to get this little email. So A, I know that they uh, were working on it. B, I can see clearly what they did for it. Um, and then I can go in and, and actually check it out rather than just you know wasting time popping in, hoping that they actually did it. So here's just a little snippet. I deleted his name from there. And there were several other, um, I went a little bit further than that, but uh, really simple to get to. One other thing that I liked about it is even if you're using Google Classroom or something like Google Assignments through, um, we're using that through Canvas, and I'm still recording this page somewhere, but um, if, uh, if, even if you're using this kind of viewpoint, which again, really similar in, in Google Assignments or Google Classroom where you have all these different students, um, it still works even in that setting. So if I wanted to go into one of these students who hasn't actually finished their stuff yet, I think I already have Blake on, on my notifications. Um, it's just as simple as uh, getting into that, that tools and notifications. Again, things definitely are running a little bit slower here today, but I can just click down there, there, come on, there we go. And then we go tools, notification settings, and I checked in to uh, when I add a remove. Um, by default, I have mine set, so none, right, because I don't want I don't want this happening, but it's it's uh, document specific and uh, and person specific as well. So I did that on a couple of my um, we'll just call them slower students, and uh, it's been kind of nice and, and saved me that time. I'm checking back in. So edit notifications, and then finally, I think this is our last organizational one. Um, a couple of YouTube things. So one is um, a Chrome extension, and this one's called Unhook. And what Unhook does is it allows you a whole bunch of different options of what not to show, right? Now you have to show the video, um, but besides that, you can see kind of a, a little glimpse here where depending on the options, it took out the sidebar. Um, I think it took out the comments on this one as well. I'll show it to you in a second as well. But, um, you know, again, trying to weed out some of those distractions. Now this is more for one that you are teaching and you're gonna be showing the video in class for you to kind of not want some of those, uh, maybe suggested videos, right? You might get like an underwear commercial uh, again. Um, that actually happened to me too, now that I think of that. <laughs> and then my students were like, oh, what have you been Googling? And I'm like, not that, but. Um, so it's another nice one. Now there's a, a kind of a bonus one here we'll look at in a second. But on hook, if I go back this direction, it's just a Chrome extension. I'm in full screen, so we can see it. Maybe you can see this little red right up at the top. Um, and so as soon as I click my Chrome extension up here, I'm going to turn on Unhook. So I will do this right before they come in. It gives you tons of, of uh, features of what you want to show, what you don't want to show. Um, so for example, you know, I have it hiding the, the sidebar, I think. Um, so there's the video sidebar, right? You want it on or off. Um, you can hide comments or not hide comments. Um, you can basically get it down just to the, the video if you pretty much disable everything. 
Um, but now you don't have to worry about what's going to pop up. You can uh, block what pops up at the end or suggested videos and all these kind of things. Um, so it just nice and streamlines it. Now, the other aspect of YouTube is sometimes you are sharing the video. Or let's say you're posting a link on your learning management system or you're emailing a link to someone. Unless they all have unhooked, it's just not quite the right program for that, right? And so sometimes you share it. Um, and again, you don't want to deal with all that extra stuff that's going to be coming alongside it. And so another trick, it's not really any sort of download or extension, it's just adding a dash in the code. And so instead of youtube.com, blah, 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 you add a little dash after the T, and it changes how this looks. So I get in the right spot, right after the T, and when it does it, it adds the word, I think it says like no cookie in there, but we'll see. There we go. And I can probably take the version list out so we don't have to keep seeing that. And eventually, and now it's automatically playing the video as well. And so I didn't really want it to do that, but. Um, so the nice thing about that is if you share that link with the students, then it kind of automatically puts them in that mode where just all the other stuff is gone, right? Basically, it just puts them in presenter mode, no sidebar, no comments underneath there. It's just going to play that video for them. Um, and again, with not having any sort of extension or any sort of thing to download, um, it's a very easy little trick to, to pull up. So it eliminates the ads, though? Or will ads look like? I believe that one eliminates the ads. I believe. So, does anyone, I don't know if anyone's tried that one too, I can't remember if it eliminates everything, but I think it does, so. The unplugged pass or the dash? The dash. All right, um, we're doing decent on time. We're gonna do two quick little things, just to mix it up. Um, so, I mentioned before that you should always have a good reason for, for having or using a piece of technology. Um, so here's the exception, um, edit anything. It's just, uh, I just kind of came across this and I was trying to brainstorm different um, perhaps uses for it or, or reasons why we would want to um, do it. But it's a, just a Chrome extension and it basically allows you to modify the text on any page. And so I was kind of trying to come up with some sort of like um, good classroom use to it. You know, like I could have the students come in and say, hey, what do you think? Uh, just read this little snippet of an article that I modified and like tell me your thoughts or read it. and and just kind of see like how critically they're reading it as I put like really weird and, and random or incorrect things in it. So for example, I have this little pencil icon up here now in my extensions, and if I click it enough that it says on, um, then I could just say something like, um, Darwin didn't know anything, right? And then you can go in here and Right? And just kind of change whatever you want. Now, so don't, don't tell students how you did it, by the way, because then, right, they're going to, I don't know, be like, hey, look, I have all my homework turned in, so I modified that thing. As soon as you refresh the page, you're obviously not actually changing any of the, any of the stuff, right? You're just changing the, the outward-facing part of it. But um, just, I feel like, I don't know, I get, there's got to be some sort of use in there, right? Some sort of critical thinking thing, or even just, like, messing with the students, which is, like, therapeutic for you. Which, um, <laughs> I think, uh, I think that will work. So let's edit anything. Again, the link is in there just for a little bit of fun. All right, but here's what I need to do. If you have a device, and I'm hoping this works for this many people, 
Uh, you can click a little buzzer right there. This is called Crowd Buzzer. And if you click uh, or try to type in ccg.buzz, it will hopefully prompt you to enter a code LZMD. If anyone can verify it's actually working, that'd be super. Thinking about it? Okay. So ccg.buzz. LZMD. I'll get my act together over here. I see Jennifer. CCG Buzz White. What's the code? LZMD. 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 Sorry, I'm trying to get out of. Uh... Just moving my tabs all over the place. So. All right, we're gonna do a quick quiz here. If I can get my screen to work. All right, so we got some of you in. If we can't get all of you, that's all right. We'll, we'll take what we can get. Do you guys have like a buzzer on your screen or anything? Uh, Alright, so we, we might have overpowered it. Some of you already buzzed. Don't buzz yet. I love you to buzz. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna keep rolling here. So if you didn't get on it, that's life. Okay, so I'm gonna turn the buzzers off a second because it doesn't really work to ask you a question that you already buzzed in on. So hands off your buzzers, people. Okay, I'm taking your buzzers away. All right. This will be our practice question, okay? You gotta wait until I read the question, even though I know you can read, most of you. All right, so no buzzing until I read it. Approximately, how much did the first cell phone cost? Who thinks they have the answer? All right. Shell? Uh, 1,000. What's that? 1,000. 1,000. All right. Who thinks it's 1,000? Well, you don't have a whole lot of support. Uh, how about Josh? What do you think? Who's Josh? 1,500. 1,500? That's the price That guy got 4,000. All right. So, um, it's actually 4,000, I think. All right, 4,000, let's look at that one. It doesn't really like my presentation mode here, so we'll go on to question two. All right, so I gotta reset your buzzers here in a second. What was the name of the first engine-powered airplane to take flight? And, oh, now you buzzed down the old one still. Okay, ready, there you go. All right, Sierra won that one. Spirit of St. Louis? How many think she's right? Oh, she's not though. Unless I'm totally forgetting because I went through this yesterday. But I thought it was the right flyer. But we'll just we'll just give it to you. We'll we'll try it. But I don't think that one's right. I'm pretty sure it was the last one. Oh, see, incorrect. It was the right flyer number one. All right. Let's do one more. 
true. That one is true. All right, I felt like that one was a little bit too easy. So one more, one more. Talk you guys off. All right, final question. What year was the first email sent? Man, you guys are fast on those buzzers. All right, Elise. 82? Who said, was that 82? Agree, disagree? It's 71. 71. That was a really long time ago. All right. All right, so we've got to keep moving on here. All right, so that is CrowdBuzz. Um, again, kind of think about ways that you could use that. Um, very different, obviously, than, you know, you've got your cahoots and quizzes and um, uh, look at and, and some of those other ones. But if you kind of have your own resource with some of that stuff already and you don't want to retype it in that, uh, or if you're playing like a Jeopardy or, you know, the nice thing, you can kind of do teams and stuff with that as well. And so at least it's kind of a fair way instead of like the, you know, everyone's hand goes up at the same time and you're like, go, right? Um, at least you can fall back and pretend that that, that was second. Okay. Oh, okay. How do you create it? Good question. So I think underneath that I have a link for, um, basically we have the word dash host behind it. And, then, and as far as creating, all you do is you give it a name. I just call it CEA. You give it a name, and then it gives you a four-digit code to share it with so, yeah. All right. So that was your intermission. Hope you had fun. You guys finished up. Um, so couple um, in the creativity, kind of design, um, playing around with things a little bit here. Um, Canva, which I always have trouble saying because now like we rolled out Canvas a year and a half ago and like they're just too similar. But Canva, and more importantly, Canva for education. Um, so if you're going to Google it, I think the, the link I put on the bottom, make sure you go to the education page. Um, in order to get full, like free access to things, um, it kind of talks about like your cert, your school has to basically do one little application thing. I basically just clicked sign up with Google and it, it worked. So either someone else already had done it. But um, So if you feel like you're not getting some of the bells and whistles, just kind of make sure that um, that they recognize that you're doing it through your, your school email and that your school has been, been recognized. But um, just a whole slew of things that you can use Canva for to design. Um, just a couple small ones would be um, if you are using Google Classroom, and you want to create like a, a nice little banner for the top, you know, rather than just having like, hey, this class is blue and this class is red. Um, they already have a whole bunch of templates in there where you basically just click on it. You can change all the wording, the design, the colors, all that stuff, right? Um, same thing with Canvas. I noticed um, buttons, right? So again, I'm kind of on my Canvas front page. I have, you know, like first or unit one and unit two and kind of the buttons that I made through, I think, Google Drawings or something like that. Again, Canva has just tons and tons of buttons and just any template, design, posters, um, things that you want, and every graphic there is customizable. Um, and so it's just nice not to start off with scratch from scratch. And I mean, if you happen to be like a Photoshop wizard or something like that, then you probably stick with that. If you're like me and, and you're not, um, it's just really nice, the stuff that they have there. Um, lots of different whiteboards, again, very customizable that you can pull up. Um, a meme generator. Um, Let's see, free video editor. I mean, there's just, the list goes on and on. It just
just kind of, I went there and I started kind of playing around. Um, and there's just so much stuff in there, it's really even hard to, to talk or show. I'll pop over there just for a second. Um, but definitely worth your while to kind of play around with it and just see the different things that you can, um, you can even do on there. And so again, there's this kind of get verified part just to make sure that your school is, is, um, is all ready for it. But it gives you a nice little uh, explanation if you go through these pages and kind of what they can offer and, and how it all works and the overview of the students and does integrate um, into some LMSs and things like that. So uh, for the most part, I just kind of wanted to point that out to you. I think it's, uh, it's a resource that's kind of often overlooked and um, just can be used in, in many different ways. Um, is it GIF or GIF? GIF. Okay, Google that sometimes because there's apparently a heated debate and I didn't know so I had to Google it because I didn't want to be an idiot up here and I just told you that. So, um, and I can't even remember what the person who like came up with it. I thought, I think, I think he says GIF, but other people argue it's GIF. Um, it's always fun to put little animated things and other things. Um, and so if you find yourself, you know, you're sitting on an email and you you want to put uh, a little, I guess I'll just go with GIF in there, um, rather than, you know, looking it up on the website and then finding one and, you know, save link as and then going back and pasting it or same image as. Um, it just kind of pops up as a Chrome extension. Now this is another one that appears to be getting blocked today by whoever these CA2022 filter people are. Um, but if we look over here, it was supposed to be able to be brought into my Google Doc here. Um, you can see the little extension way up here on the top right, and it should just be as simple as me clicking on it and then typing something, but it's just not, nothing's popping up today, okay? It does work, it worked yesterday, something's gotta be filtered out here, or maybe it's just my computer, but all of them pop up, and then it's just as simple as grabbing one, dragging it directly into your, um, into your document, into your email. Um, there is, I don't really know why you would need a second one, but they seem really proud on their website that they have a separate extension just for Gmail. Uh, it seemed really easy to be in my Gmail and click that button and drag it in already, so I don't know what the other one really does, but they seem excited about it, so I put it there as well. Um, but just kind of a fun thing if you, you, know, you want to spice up some of those um, various documents. Um, basically, if it's anywhere within the Chrome browser, you can just drag it in. If you're trying to put it somewhere else, you click on it to make it big, and then you copy and paste it, so it still works. You don't have to stay even within the Chrome browser on that one. Magic Eraser. It erases things kind of magically. So, this one, I was actually kind of impressed on this one. I'm actually used it a couple times for some of the images that I put in here, so it's already um, shown its value. But for example, I have an image here, but since I'm running on full screen... Underwear ads? What's that? <laughs> Is it underwear ads? No. <laughs> Fortunately not. Um, okay, so for this one, uh, I had a friend, and who's, uh, him and his son, did the, the half marathon that I alluded to earlier. And so they were kind of doing more of the walking thing. Um, so they, they stopped on this bridge to take a picture. And let's just say, for whatever reason, you know, uh, he doesn't, the son doesn't clean his, his room or something like that. And so my friend Matt says, you know what, boy, like, I wish you didn't do that with me. And it's as simple as that. I mean, 
kid might feel a little bit bad, but you know, he can always revert back to the original picture if he's if he's good later on. So just a super simple editing tool. Um, it works quite nice. How that really works, like I don't know how it knew what was behind that kid, but um, but it's there. Um, so that's Magic Eraser. What's that? Rider move his bib. I don't know. It might look like I shot him with a shotgun. Oh, yeah, see, it just, that's, yeah. So I didn't quite know what to do with that one, but um, as far as an editing tool, right, or sometimes, you know, you just, I take a lot of screenshots of things to send to teachers and this and that, and sometimes it'd be nice just to kind of get rid of parts, so sometimes I, like, make a shape and drag it over and put it over the other thing and this and that, or if I could just kind of get rid of it. It does allow you to download. It wants you to download in full resolution, but guess what? Then you gotta pay. And even if I click download, it still says, are you really sure you don't want the nicer one? And um, you know, for the most part, they seem like they've been pretty good as it is, so I'm not gonna pay $8 a month for it. I will just use their free stuff and, and whatnot. So that one's Magic Eraser. Again, the link is right underneath those slides. Um, animated drawings. <laughs> And yes, I drew that picture myself. Um, again, this is kind of one where I, I debated about it, but I was so proud of my picture. <laughs> it was just fun. So I, I don't know quite the practical application, although it is. Um, I don't know. There's got to be something like real life in there, authentic or something. Um, but it's super, it was super simple. It's just called this uh, animated drawings from this, uh, this sketch thing. Um, all you do is, is upload it. Uh, I end up starting to run out of time here a little bit. But um, for example, I had my, my daughter draw a picture for me. Actually, I took a picture that she'd already drawn. And I'm not going to actually drag this one in right now because we're kind of running out of time. But I first used Magic Eraser on it, if it ever pops up. Um, so I was really proud that I actually like used one of the tools because I needed to, uh, I, I don't know quite what this other girl was doing over here. So I, I just deleted her, which was good. And then I pulled in this one. Um, and then I even was able to separate the hair and the arm a little bit. There was like a little pencil tool in the animated drawing because otherwise I thought her hair was like a weird tumor out of her, I don't know. Um, but then it like automatically spots like arms and legs and you can like readjust the frame. It takes like 10 seconds to do it. And then it gives you all these different animations that you can, um, can actually pick from. So actually, I would just, uh, I think we can just use one of their sample drawings. Uh, this one looks like something I would draw. Um, so I don't know if it's gonna... All right, so we look at it, it scans it. Seems like it's got it, sure. Here's where I kind of used the, the other eraser part on it. We'll go on, sure, those look like arms and legs to me. It's their picture, it should work, right? Um, and then... <laughs> I mean, look how, it's like frolicking, right? This is like you guys at like noon tomorrow. Right? I showed my daughter, she's nine, and I took her drawing that she already did and put it on there, and like the look on her face was just like, um, she thought she was pretty cool, so. Animated drawings. When she looked at my drawing, she wasn't quite as different. <laughs> All right, one of the, the last ones here, uh, it's called Coolers, I assume, that's how it's spelled. It's all about color 
colors, so I don't quite, I don't quite get it, to be honest. Um, but if you like colors, or if you like choosing different colors, or um, if you ever find yourself looking for the, the hex, hex code, hex key for a color, if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you're, you're not a big color person, but that, that's one right here. Um, oh yeah, there it is right there. There's just a lot of stuff in this one. Again, just kind of one that I feel like I've scratched the surface with, but um, lots of different color palettes. Uh, even if you are trying to figure out like what colors go with each other and you doubt your own ability to do, though, do that, um, this one seems to be able to pull a lot of this stuff together. Um, so just really, I think about the only thing I can recommend on this one is to, to really just kind of click into it and play around with it. Um, and again, just lots of different ways that you can, you can use it and find different colors. And, and if you're truly kind of trying to design something or mix or match, um, there, if I could just click on tools here for a minute, there's just a lot of different things you can do with it. Just kind of a fun, a fun place to get lost into and, and make some design choices in some of your other programs. All right, so as we wrap things up here, with my top three, it's a little deceptive. So I actually gave, by top three, I mean the ones that I use the most. And it's really not any of the ones I talked about today. Um, but it's ones I talked about last year, so I didn't really want to re-go through it and give you flashbacks of that. Um, but I did want to just quickly point them out because I think they're just at least worth mentioning. Um, one being Edpuzzle. Um, Edpuzzle, if you're not aware, uh, a way to be able to show videos and not allow the kids to fast forward, um, embed any questions along the way or comments. Um, see who watched the whole thing, see if you do like multiple choice questions, you instantly get a report on their, how they did, um, right or wrong. Um, runs through a lot of different um, learning management systems as well. Um, if you don't pay for it, you can still do it for 20 videos. Um, if you want more than 20 videos, then you find other educators that don't want to use it and you share your code with them and make them sign up and then it gives you three more every time you do that. Um, and so you can kind of quickly build up uh, more capacity on that. Um, but that's probably one of my, my most used. I'm just, I was so sick of knowing I signed a video and also knowing that probably three of them actually watched it. And most of the rest that they did, and you always have that kid be like, I didn't watch it, right? Um, this way I can actually uh, see that. Um, flip, not flip grid anymore. I don't know why the, the grid's, I guess, not cool anymore. So it's just flip, which makes me think of other things. but. Um, just a great way for, for communication, a great way to hear student thinking, right? Um, one of my activities that I'd love to do coming up soon is um, having my students in AP Biology with photosynthesis and respiration go through the process on FLIP um, and really be able to hear each and every student as they go through it, whereas it's just hard to find that time face-to-face. Uh, -face. And then finally, Lou, if you like screencasting, uh, screencast-o-matic and, and um, you know, there's a lot of them out there, and they all have some, some pros and cons to them. Um, I really enjoyed Loom. Um, again, Loom, if you run it through an education account, if, it, if, if you get it to know that you are part of the educational institution, it gives you all uh, free versions, no time limits, no video limits. Um, when you create a video, it posts it on Loom, but it is all in the cloud, so all you have to do is share a link. Um, in fact, I just got an email today saying one of the, the newer features is that you can now blur out parts. So like I always try to, when I teach, trying to help a teacher with a gradebook issue, I always try to figure out like what do I do with my students that are sitting right there and I have their name and their grades and stuff like that and now I'm posting on the cloud. 
Um, so I'm assuming this newer feature then would help me to kind of blur that out, which makes it a whole lot easier. Um, just a lot of really uh, easy ways to, to use it. Again, you can do it yourself, your screen, both, etc. Um, I use it more with sharing things with teachers, but also a really good way to share things with students. Right? If you think about, you know, they just never understand these directions, or let's say it's a sub day, and you just know there's going to be confusion because you're not there to kind of point them through. Um, maybe it's it's a time to make a loop. Um, if you're interested in more of that stuff, or if you've avoided me in the past, um, I did. <laughs> Those ones I think were in last year's. Um, these are linked, and they're also linked below. Um, there's some a few duplicates between 18 and 21. I also posted another one down about some formative assessments. It's in the notes underneath there. So if you, uh, if you like this kind of stuff and you're always looking for more things, um, you're welcome to check those things out. Um, finally, unfortunately this doesn't work in presentation, presentation mode, but um, everyone seems to like confetti, except for my computer that's slow right now. And so it turns out that there is a confetti cannon out there. And uh, it, is, it usually is not slow motion confetti. That's just like, it um, But again, the link, like most things, is underneath there. Um, and that way you can sell it. So, otherwise, thanks for coming. So,